So I remember uh, Keisha's outfit and I was like, I could never, but you know, now I'm older, I'm like, oh, I can't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those where it was released and then like never talked about ever again. <laughs> They're weird. Like one guy's on the bed, so they're like showing her Tai Chi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Come show these visiting British pop stars what you can do. <laughs> Who are looking at themselves trying to figure out why they're existing in this <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's this. That's Shan. And welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we're discussing Sugar Babe's fourth studio album, Taller in More Ways. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Chris and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists' songs and careers, analyzing all the creative and business decisions along the way. And you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our amazing crew, including Lily, Lisette, Emily, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. Yay! Yeah. And thank you to everyone who has watched or listened to our Sugar Babes episodes. They're still some of our most successful ones. We did the 101. We did the Lost Tapes track-by-track review. We did Angels of Dirty Faces track-by-track review. And now it's time for another album, Deep Dive. Yeah. And to give some context, I've been a fan since I was a kid. Shan, you're a newer fan. It was one of the crash courses I gave you during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So true. for you, this is probably the first time you've heard a lot of these songs, right? So. Oh, yes. The fun discussion because I have like, yeah, OG fan versus like new fan. It's always like that with the Britpop one, especially like with Kylie. Yeah. I don't know enough of Kylie. It's always such a funny conversation. But yeah, no, definitely be sure to tune into our other episodes. Leave some feedback. Let us know your favorite songs. Let us know your, your ratings and your scores for each of those songs on those videos. But uh, yeah, we're going to get into Taller in More Ways. Released in October 2005, Taller in More Ways is the Sugar Babes' fourth album, and it was a time of transition for the group. Mutia gave birth to her daughter earlier in the year, and she would eventually leave the group following the release of the album in December 2005, which she later revealed was due to postpartum depression and the hectic promotional schedule. And Mel quickly replaced Mutia, and the album was re-released in March 2006 with a few tracks re-recorded by Mel. If you want to hear some more discussion on the member switch-up and the overall journey of the Sugar Babes, make sure to check out our Sugar Babes Pop 101 episode, which is still one of our most popular episodes, as we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So before we get into it, you do want to note that the sure. song Better is a UK bonus track, even though it's on all the international streaming services, so that's just very confusing. Plus, why do they have the version of Mutya's album cover, but then Amel's vocals on streaming services too? Like, someone needs to clean this up. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Better is a UK bonus track, so we're going to omit that for now, as we have been kind of with all of our album reviews. We're doing just the standard album. We will do bonus tracks and B-sides at a different time, because this era actually has quite a lot as well so oh yes. my goodness yeah we will now go track by track 
and discuss the production, vocals, and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. All right. The first track is Push the Button Button by Dallas Austin and members Keisha, Mukia, and Heidi. It was released as the lead single from the album in September 2005, and the track went straight to number one in the UK and remains one of the group's signature hits. It was even included in the official playlist for the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympics in London. Mm-hmm. His song. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I love Push the Bud. I have mm-hmm. a connection to it, though, because I feel like when it came out, it was everywhere. Like even in Hong Kong, this song was everywhere. I remember that music video so well because it would play so often. And it did feel like a moment when it was released. I think there was a lot of anticipation for them, you know, because obviously they were just coming off of three. So it was like Hole in the Head and Two Lost in You. Like they were, you know, kind of at their peak commercially. And this one, I think, did even better than that. So this was a good time to be a fan when Push the Button was first released. Yeah. yeah, Super, super catchy. The chorus is very easy to sing along to. I do love Keisha's pre-chorus and the way it builds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it tells a story really well there, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, now they've been performing it with Siobhan. So Mutya's line was always one of my favorites. You know, my sexy ass has got him in a new dimension. But now, actually, Siobhan sings it. So they've switched verses, which is very interesting. But Siobhan kills it, too. Yes, indeed. Indeed. I like yeah. That line's great. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think the production is fun. You know, it's more, it's definitely not as cool, quote unquote, as maybe like the previous eras of like Hole in the Head, et cetera. Like it's a little more pop, a little more bright, but I think it works. And I think because it's Dallas Austin, he still does kind of bring that, bring it down from it being too bright. So I think the balance is there. I do have to say, I wish Keisha's ad-libs were, went off a bit more at the end. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of tell she's holding back a little bit because vocally, I mean, or when she sings it live. She yeah, she goes off. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I still love this song. But I know you have kind of mixed feelings, right? Yeah, because, um, you know, for me, it's like, I, I didn't like it at first, honestly. I think even back then when we first did it for the Pop 101, I thought, like, oh, yeah, you okay, know, I mean, this is the single. But now that you mentioned, like, where they were professionally, it does make sense. You know, you had all that anticipation. You're already, like, already kind of, like, on top of the world in a sense. So I can see why I did well. And then I kind of have, like, this attachment to the songs you previously mentioned, like, the, the hole in the head and the... Even, like, when the Heidi first came in and they did um, Freak Like Me, it just... Mm. There was something so cool about it, even though it was pop, and I appreciate that. And then this song to me just felt like, who is this? But that's just me, you know? I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And that's what happened. I, like, I just like them doing, you know, warm, sultry R&B things, you know, with a little bit of pop-inspired or, like, weirdness somewhere in there, you know? I think what made me like it more, though, is the top line. I think the melody of the song is flirty, and I love how conversational the verses are. That's what kind of... Uh, brought me in a little bit more because it felt like somebody was talking to their friend like girl I've been trying to get this man to come oh my gosh oh what is going on um, and I was watching some videos and Keisha was saying that this is kind of autobiographical because she had kind of had a crush on Dallas's friend and the friend was just like yeah I don't really guess you know and I heard she was like come on boy come on 
So I appreciate that. And it seems like pop songs about buttons are always very much about men not making moves. And I love that. <laughs> it's like PCD with buttons. This song it's like, come on with the buttons. But yeah, I, I just find it interesting that Dallas Austin worked on this one for sure. Because like I know his production for TLC. So I can kind of be like, oh, yeah, I wonder if he like, had this planned out for TLC. I know they had, they had a long hiatus. But I do wonder if he was just like, hmm. Because, I mean, Mutia's voice is very like, it had to compare. T-Bossy, yeah. yeah. I mean, hers is a little bit more of a brighter tone. Not brighter, but it, it, it can go a little bit higher. And it, she tends to be able to, to show more of her range. That can be brighter, can be lower. She can she just jumps around a lot. T-Boss kind of stays in that one very cool setting, um, which isn't bad, but it's just, it happens. I do wonder, because I'm like, oh, I can hear them. Finish the buttons. I just, mm. I wish it was a little bit more R&B hip-hop in there, but I appreciate mm. the, the attempt at something new. The video, though, I do remember liking... And knowing the song because of the video, but not really knowing the song, but I knew the video. Yeah. When you showed me, I was like, wait, I know this video. I know this one. It's a very <laughs> memorable visual with the with them in the elevator. They're all styled very differently as well. And then all the stuff with the men at the end is so funny because it's Extra. so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Like they're all like trying to be dominating, but it's like not sexy at all. But it's not supposed to be, right? Like, it's just supposed to be like very silly and messy and yeah, very funny. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate they didn't take themselves seriously. I can see how people thought it was raunchy, though. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, you have Wutia in these little panty shorts. <laughs> she had, like, just given birth, too. Which is a yeah. kudos to her. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, my gosh. Mm. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, it's interesting that people are like, oh, this is so raunchy. You know, this is raunchy. But, yeah, they were working the camera. They were working it. Choreography-wise, there wasn't much. There was a lot of swing. Listen, these girls can sway themselves to possess. <laughs> I'm not going to say the word, but they love to sway, okay? But yeah, I remember seeing this video when I was in elementary school. Oh, when YouTube had first like come out and someone had uploaded it. And I was like, wow, so pretty. That's mm. all I remember. So I remember uh, Keisha's outfit and I was like, I could never. But, you know, now I'm older. I'm like, oh, I can't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> all the body rolls and stuff, though. I mean, I do wish that they could have had a little bit more choreography in there. But, you know. All the all the body rolls and stuff is oh fine. God, it, yes. works. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> that is giggling. But yes, I appreciate their step into a more colorful kind of color palette because the other one's a lot more rock and underground and just like, you know, dirty. This wasn't that, so I appreciated it. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, though, my ranking may have the sugar babes, the salt fellas, whatever the fans are. I call y'all salt fellas. I'm not sure what the fans are called yet. I still love that. <laughs> salt fellas, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, salt fellas, but my score is probably not going to be that great. I'm going to give it like an 8.5. It was a little bit lower. <laughs> That's <for> high. Me, <laughs> it was lower, but I ended up liking the song as I was stuck in traffic listening to the... Mm-hmm. Keisha's the one who saved it for me. I'm going to just say that now. Keisha saved it for me. So 8.5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will give it a 9. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on to track two. So you spoke of Dallas Austin. He did a uh-huh. lot on the album, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And he also did this next one, Gotta Be You. And he did it with Tricky Stewart, The Dream, and Penelope Magnet. And I do believe he had actually originally written it for another artist called Camille, I believe. I tried to find that version, but I couldn't find it. So if any of you salt fellas have a link, I would love to hear it again. But yes, this song was one of the tracks that re- was re-recorded by ML for the re-release. So we have the two versions to compare. And most notably, there was a lyric change from Newsweek, you would say today, look at Mutya, to you would say today, look at this slut, which was an interesting change. 
And then again, I'm curious if that was actually the original lyric that was in the Camille version. Mm-hmm, maybe. Which it probably was. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes this text out now. It's starting to make sense. It's all coming together. Yeah. So this sound sounds very American. What do you think of this one? Dude, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. This is like a 2005 album, right? Yes. Was I getting into K-pop at the time? I'm trying to figure out because I'm uh-uh. trying to figure out what the heck my ears. No, I wasn't. Too I wasn't early, even... right? It was too early. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to... What was I listening to? 2005. That was like... <laughs> I think I was listening to more hip-hop R&B at the time. So it did have elements of this for sure. But... The synth here, I don't think I ever liked songs that had synth like this when I was younger. I didn't like songs like this when mm. I was younger. I don't remember being like, oh, yeah. This has a lot. I don't, even now I listen to listen back to these synths. And I was like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, I get it was a style, but it's just for some reason, it's just for, from then to now, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. It just sounds a little like like an attempt at making them a crossover, you yeah. know, a song. I just don't like that. I feel like. Like you said, it wasn't for them, but I could tell before you mentioned it was for Camille. But yeah, I don't But yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's not bad. It's just a little disappointing to think that Tricky Stewart and The Dream had worked on it because Tricky had worked with B2K, had done things with Pink. Like they have better productions, they have better songs that they've written. I just don't know why this feels like a little bit of a filler for someone else's album because it was, but it also feels like a little bit fillery for their album. But yeah, I mean, it, it's okay. I don't know. I think it just sounds like a demo. That's what I, I wrote down here. I didn't want to say it, but the harmonies are decent enough. And the talking bits, I think, are my favorite part. Like, the talking bits are just like, they're cute because it's like, everyone makes mistakes. Mine was just you. I was cracking up. I'm like, I love that line. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so mean. Um, But yeah, I understand the meaning of the song. It's like relatable, but this song isn't like peak for any writer or artist that's that's involved in the track. That's just my opinion. Salt fellas, I'm sorry, but not really. <laughs> but yeah, this doesn't really do much for me, really. It just feels like um, all the, all the girls in the club hold your cups up and, you know, eh, eh, it's not strong enough, I feel. Especially mm. after push the button. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember how I thought about it when I was younger. I don't think it was necessarily a favorite. I do believe, and again, fans, correct me if I'm wrong, I do think this was at one point going to be a single i think maybe mutia's departure kind of messed with that a little bit but it does sound very american like i could hear like danny d kane singing this oh yeah okay you know? yeah yeah it ain't me <laughs> it ain't me it ain't me yeah you're right oh my god yes <laughs> aubrey going off yeah but i think they did what they could with it like i think yes. the verse melodies are nice i think heidi sounds great in that pre-chorus moment and the vocal production there is really cool too with the different layers as well yeah. And then the chorus is very simple. It is just that repeat, <laughs> right? But at least there is that harmony build. You do still hear the three of them. I don't love that male vocal loop in the back. I know that was also a big thing at the time, but that is a little annoying. What do you think of the differences between Mutya's version and Amel's version? You know what? Uh, oh, man. I feel so bad for Amel because she's, oh, God. She stayed in the group longer than Farrah did Destiny's Child for sure, but it's oh, just stinks. Okay, wait. Gets... Let's let's just say Amel Amel did contribute quite a lot to hey, the Sugar Bay. Give me a sec. I didn't finish my statement. <laughs> that, I didn't finish my statement. Oh, uh, those two names should not even be in the same sentence. <laughs> no, no. I say that because I feel like she gets a little bit of a weird rap. Like even when we're doing like the Pop One Hundred One, it turned into this thing where it's like she's not Mutia. We get that her name's not Mutia. It's that we get that she's not Mutia. 
but she doesn't sound bad. She holds it down for someone who has a lower, more raspier voice. She held it down. Mutia just has a little bit more depth where she just, it sounds a lot more full. She can, I I call her like a, she's like a true alto. She'll sit down in this low spot of her voice and take you home with it. You know what I'm saying? And her, even her higher, brighter tone in in her voice, it sounds good. But yeah, I think Amel sounded pretty good. You know, like I said, even though you don't think Farah and her should be in the same sentence, I think that (laughs) people go hard on Amel for, everyone has their reasons. I get it. But listening to it, she didn't do a bad job. She didn't do a bad job. I appreciated her. But again, I think because I do prefer Mutia's voice. Yeah. I think it's, it's a stronger. It's not like, oh, my God, so much better. Oh, my gosh, she's terrible compared to. But it just has a different kind of vibe. It just gives it a little bit more of a grittier sound. Yeah. And if you want, and, and, and Mutia is kind of like the the thing you listen to and you hear, like, oh, who's that in the group, right? So yeah. Amel just kind of is just a like a like a Pepsi Coke. It depends on what you like, which one you, you know, that kind of thing. For mm. me, but yeah, I think Amel did a pretty good job. I think Mutia just because of how warm and like her, how warm her voice sounds, it's just even it just elevates the track a little bit more, just enough. Just enough. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. I think Amel did a good job with it. I think she definitely gives more attitude to the lyric. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think naturally is a little more like cold, just in her delivery. Like the tone is very warm, but she's very like unemotional with how she delivers it, and that just gives a very different vibe to the lyric energy yeah 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 yeah. different energy to the lyric for sure um but yeah actually like both versions but the reason i actually prefer mutia's version is actually has nothing to do with the two of them it's because (laughs) there's this ad lib at the end where keisha's going off and that's only in the mutia version i don't know why they took it off for the ml one and then they turned it into a fade out why'd they do that at least keisha did it live (laughs) i have no words you're right actually now that i think about it you're so right (laughs) They have choices. I guess to kind of make it different for the fans, it's like, yo, this is not the Mutia version. You got to listen to this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, you couldn't even hear the Mutia version, like, ever after that. They, like, discontinued it everywhere. Anyway. Not discontinued. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not available on streaming. There's, like, a horrible rip on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I actually think this song is decent. Is it the best Sugar Babe song ever? Definitely not. But I think it has a place on the album, given that it is a bit more on the American side, I think. So, yeah, I'll give it an eight. How about you? Okay, yeah, no, honestly, because it wasn't just listening to our rap and R&B. But, yeah, 2005, we got, like, Holla Back Girl. We got, yeah, the year before. We got Pond Replay, all those other little fun R&B tracky stuffs and pop tracks that, yeah. There's better versions of American pop. I'm going to give it like a seven. It's okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, track three is Follow Me Home. It was done by Dallas Austin, Johnny Rockstar, Jeremy Shaw, Karen Poole, and members Mutia, Keisha, and Heidi. It was released as the album's fourth and final single in June 2006 with Amel's vocals, and the track received a muted reaction and only hit number 32 on the UK singles chart. Mutia later revealed that she was disappointed by the single release as she wrote her verse about her daughter, and she also expressed that she felt the video was awful stating i just saw a bunch of you know nasty men and pedo guys and they're singing follow me home 
which I can't say I don't agree with. I completely agree with that. Because <laughs> that doesn't make no sense. <laughs> but we'll get into that part of uh, our review later. All right, now we're going to talk about the song, which actually yeah. stands fine alone. God. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, what are your thoughts about the track itself? I do like the song. I think it was tainted a bit by the whole situation. Actually, I kind of wanted them to sing it at the O2 show a few weeks ago because I kind of want them to just kind of reclaim it, maybe. Right. Um, just kind of take it out of this era because it was one of those where it was released and then like never talked about ever again. <laughs> Damn. Like it wasn't even included on the Greatest Hits album that was released like later that year. Like that's how much they ignored it. I enjoy the song. I think the production is cool. It's kind of haunting, but then the message is warm. So it's just like an interesting blend there. My favorite part is the pre-chorus. Sometimes life, it drags you down. Um, I just think that's, it's a nice lyric. It has a nice melody. And then they're in the recording. There's some nice kind of ethereal harmonies in the back. Mm -hmm. And then the live one, they do like a full blown three part harmony there as well, which was nice. The chorus is fine. I would say the rest of the song is stronger than the chorus. I think, again, the added harmonies in the live version elevated it a bit more because it's kind of just the one lead vocal in the studio version. And Keisha sounds amazing in those ad-libs at the end, for sure. Yes. But yeah, I think the choice to release this as a single is definitely a bit odd. I would have chosen pretty much anything else on this album. I think just given the context of everything... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. You're funny, bro. I agree with you in terms of like the atmosphere of the song. Like the production creates this very lonely kind of feeling, and there's like this beeping kind of <laughs> sound. Uh, the drum patterns and then the strings just make the song feel super emotional. Like you're so sad, you feel hopeful, and I appreciate that. But yeah, they really do emotional well. And I feel like this song was meant to be like the successor to Stronger, but it just doesn't hit the same. And it's like, dang. And I think it's because of just maybe because of the 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 chorus. The chorus didn't bring it anywhere. It, yeah. it didn't go anywhere with the chorus. Like it wasn't like <laughs> like it was trying to like recreate magic or strike lightning twice. And I think that's probably why it also didn't do well. Like this it's not as strong as stronger. I keep saying strong. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, tied in with the lyrics to like the verses and whatnot, I do like the sentiment, so I appreciate the song. It sounds like it's about a relationship, but I do appreciate that, you know. Mutia wrote parts of it about her daughter and things like that. So I think that's sweet. And then Keisha wrote about like a personal friend of hers. So it just feels a little bit more closer to the girls. And I have to say that that bridge with Heidi and Mutia is so soothing. Like it's simple, but it's beautiful. Like an angel leading you somewhere. Like I'm getting out of the darkness. And you know, then boom, the crescendo with Keisha going off yeah. in the literal back, the literal back. I don't know how I feel about that mix of her vocal. Like what? It's like, yeah, but live. She is yeah. killing yes. it. No, absolutely, which I appreciate. But I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how I feel about it being in the back. Like, I get it, but I also don't. Because I'm just like, yeah. if y'all want to just let her just, just just take off the filter off the voice and just push it more. Yeah, and, I wonder and, if it's a Dallas, is it a Dallas Austin thing? Ooh. He's now done all three of these tracks so far, and all the ad-libs have been kind of, like, in the back. So, you know what? There's a pattern. I'm going to just, you know, it's a pattern. Can't confirm or deny but um, yeah, maybe, maybe. Not yeah. that question. But yeah, the song has potential or had potential to be a little bit more. And I think a good video would have just, you know, definitely kind of carried it a little bit better. Uh -huh. 
But, but yeah, what you think? But we got some weird undercover video. You know, from the first shot being a liquor bottle and a lens flare. I don't know what the heck to expect. Cause I just yeah. I heard the song several times before I watched the video. And I was thinking, wow, they must have like, you know, like stronger, even though it was by the pool. It felt like, you know, like the girls, the girls from around the way are going to figure out how to get out the hood. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> this one, I was expecting something about homelessness, addiction, even like the themes of friendship or, or relationship could be could have been explored. Yeah. But no, we get I'm about to save everyone from traffic. Yeah, I, I can't say the real word because I think we're going to get, you know, caught on YouTube. But I'm trying to save people from the traffic, the dangers of traffic. Are you kidding me? Like someone was trying to literally be super deep. And I'm like, this is not the time. Sometimes it's good to be on the nose. This is one of them songs. <laughs> Get it right on the nose. Because they were like, yo, what if? Like who wrote the treatment for this? I'm just trying to figure out who yeah. thought this was a good idea. Here's the thing. I think as an idea, it's not the worst idea. But I think the execution was terrible. terrible. Because unless you're watching it really closely, it's very easy to miss what's going on. Because unless you just happen to see those shots where they like put the mic under the table and stuff. Yeah. It just looks like the three members are also part of this operation. Setting the girls up to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so... And then all the scenes of the men and young the women traffic, yeah. is like, I don't know. They're they're weird. Like one guy's on the bed, so they're like showing her tight cheese. <laughs> yeah. The other guy's like, yeah. Sorry, sorry. That's, that is one sorry. of the more odd moments, yes. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, I just feel like if they were going to go with this, go like even more on the nose. Like have yeah. them be like police officers and like working out the the situation and make it really obvious what's going on because with a pop music video no one's watching it that carefully and so i would interpret it the same way that mutya did as well so yeah i mean this is basically a forgotten song in their discography so i think because of the video <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean those did you see the b-side with, with keisha on the wall talking about some i'll follow you home smart I'm like, no, 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 stop smirking, stop smirking, stop smirking. Like, oh, they they weren't emoting properly. The direction was just off. Uh, aside from that, though. They looked good in the snow at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ride for you, baby. Just think about Dandy K now, walking, walking through the seasons. Yeah, I'm not gonna let this change my score, though. Okay. Uh, how, do you, how do you rate this song? So, I love a good Sugar Babes mid-tempo moment, right? Like, I love Stronger. I love Too Lost in You. I love Caught in a Moment. I love all that. And this one's not as good as those. So I will give this one a seven. Yes, in terms of a mid-tempo bops, this one is a, is a seven. <laughs> All right, moving on to Joy Division. This one was done by Johnny Rockstar, Cameron McVeigh, and members Mutya Keisha and Heidi. So it's our first non-Dallas Austin track on the album so far. What do you think? This one is interesting because it, it was giving a lot more energy than what I got vocally. And it's not their fault. I know the girls wrote on it and I feel like people are going to like, you're, you're being a hater. No one's being a hater. I'm being honest with you. Sometimes, sometimes it's okay to have other people write for a vibe that you want to, you know, achieve. And I feel like the the top line is okay for me. It's something that was like, wow, you know, it really fits. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. But I just feel like the song... Uh, with the rocky moments, I was expecting something a little bit more, you know, I don't know, a little bit more interesting in terms of like the chorus, you know, yeah. and even the title's a little weird because like the Joy Division is also is a band, yes, 
But yeah. back in the day, it was another it's like a slang term for like the the NAZI people, like barracks where they had women do like trafficking things. So I just what? don't understand. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Cause I was just like, why does this look strangely familiar? I'm a I used to be a history buff. I suck now, but the Joy Division was something that was created by that group for, you know, imprisoned female people. And that's why I just don't like the title either. And I'm trying to figure out how that works out. And I, I guess it's kind of like, I guess it's lyrically, they just don't want to be seen as just bodies. I don't know. But I just don't like it. Or like maybe there's a schism between what makes a man and a woman happy. You know, I'm, try, I'm trying, I'm reaching right now. That's my thing. I don't, I don't care for the lyrical content mm. and then the meaning of the song and then me trying to have to interpret what it means i will say heidi's line about the delicatessen is hysterical yeah and it makes me think like it, i can never hear a u.s group saying it but it's very brit <laughs> to say it's like i'm not meeting the delicatessen. way she pronounces it too yeah too yeah and i was just like something about this is like mildly cheesy but it's witty enough for me to go huh i like that. yeah <laughs> you know so i yes. appreciate, that, appreciate that but aside from that nothing really stood, stood out to me in a sense where i'm like wow I need to play this song again. I like the rock inspiration in the beginning, but after that, it's kind of just like, okay, you know, it's all right. Yeah. I agree with you in that the chorus is not that strong. I think the chorus is, again, probably the weakest part of the song, which is kind of annoying, because I actually do think the other elements are great. Heidi's pre-chorus is my favorite part, mainly because of that delicatessen line, but it's amazing. And I do enjoy Keisha's middle eight as well. with the ooh, And then there the are oohs, you know, like the, the almost acapella ooh. Yeah, so I enjoy those moments. And I think the production is cool overall. Like, it's kind of spacey. It has a funky bass line. There, there's a roboticness to the vocal production as well. So it's just like kind of weirdly kind of futuristic, but not, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you mean. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I will say the lyrics are actually very well written. Like, if you read it as poetry, it's actually quite beautiful. But melodically, it's, like, just okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh, dang it. <laughs> and this is one that I tend to forget exists, I'm going to be honest. Among the Sugar Babes discography, this is not one that I really turn back to ever. So You didn't show me this one. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll stick with the seven. Yeah, this one's a 7-2. It's like, okay, it's not terrible. I just feel like... Yeah, a little fillery. Up next is Red Dress, done by Xenomania's Bob Bradley, Lisa Cowling, Sean Lee, Nick Kohler, Tim Powell, Miranda Cooper, Ryan Higgins, and members Mutia, Keisha, and Heidi. And it contains a sample from Landslide, a northern soul recording by Tony Clough. It was released in March 2006 as the group's first single following Lutia's departure and Amel's joining. And the song peaked at number four in the UK singles chart. For the single mix, not only did they replace Mutia's vocals with Amel's, but Keisha also re-recorded her verse. And Mutia has often stated how much she disliked the song, noting that she was glad the group released the single following her departure. And ironically, the song has since become not only a staple in the setlist of the original Sugar Babes in more recent years, Siobhan has noted that it has become a favorite to perform live. <laughs> full circle. So... This song has gone full circle. Yeah, it's gone from being <laughs> hated to like, okay, and they're like, oh, wait, we all kind of just like it in the stat. Let's just keep it in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was just a weird time to be a fan. So it's kind of hard for me to disconnect those feelings. Because I love Mutia, right? 
And so this is kind of being the new beginning in the middle of an album campaign. Like it was just a bit odd. It was just a bit odd. But I don't really remember thinking much of this song when it came out. So like if you just for reference, 2005 Girls Aloud chemistry era. Yeah. So we're talking like this is post Love Machine era. Yeah. This is now getting into like chemistry with biology and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, and that's an amazing album. And so my standard for Xenomania had become quite high by now. And this song is not really up there in the echelon of Xenomania tracks, to be very honest. So eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> but Speaking of the new version that MKS have been doing, yeah, it is so good. The new live arrangement that this band has is so good. Like to see Mutia loving performing it and Siobhan killing Heidi's part is just a great moment as a fan. So I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it experiencing the song live. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the studio version though. I do enjoy the bass line. Mm-hmm. It does have the signature Xenomania, like electro pop, like lushness. Yeah. So it yeah. is well produced for, for what it is. I think again, though, I've already said this for a few songs. The chorus is my least favorite part. Like, I think the verses are really good. I love Keisha's verse. Again, Heidi's part is just perfect for her voice. And it's like perfectly balanced of like sweet and sassy and nonchalant like it's just a really really good I like execution voice. it's so good her voice is amazing yeah. but i do think it was a good choice of the single to introduce amel like if you go through the album and you had to choose one as kind of a relaunch quote unquote this song was a good one i think to do and she sounds good on it she sounds better than mutya does on it yeah personally. i think she fits this because i think mutya again she kind of has that kind of nonchalant kind of like cold uh-huh. delivery and knowing that she hates the song, it means makes even more sense that why it was delivered that way. But Amel is like really giving the attitude, which the song kind of needs to elevate it, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I think it I think it makes sense. But is it one of my favorite Sugar Babe songs? No. No, I can understand that. I like the song. I think the chorus is the weakest. We've been saying it this whole time. Yeah. Which stinks because it's like the chorus is kind of like the part that non fans would kind of latch on to. And then, like, delve in to get, you know, to become yeah. fans. So it's a little weak, but it also just feels like runway as well. So it it, it, it kind of is okay. I think what I like the most about it is the Northern Soul influence. They're that, that Like, Britpop loves Northern Soul, like, funk music. It's that, it just sounds good. I just think of Brits. I just think of the UK. As opposed to, like, with funk music, you're like, oh, okay, I'm getting doo-wop and blah, blah, blah. But then I like it. Um, It's not terrible. song. It does, however, sound like Girls Aloud, which is why I was like, why do I feel like I know this song? Before you even mentioned it on Mania, I was like, why does it sound like Girls Aloud? Why does it sound like Girls Aloud? Uh, Girls Aloud. Uh, that's why. Which is not a bad thing. And I do like the meaning of the song. I think it was meant to kind of be like an empowerment anthem. So I appreciate the lyrical content. Like, who needs all the extra parts of me that are putting candles on and putting on this red dress and doing all this stuff? If this person can't like me for who I am, I don't need them. Mm. And I appreciate that. And yes, Amel gave it what it needed in terms of like sexy, like red lip, high heel kind of girly thing going on with this, like the girl pop thing, the girly pop thing, you know? So I agree with you that relaunch with this song, it's a good idea because she kind of fits that very like chic, sexy look too. But yeah, again, 
back to what I was saying about like her and and and, and Farah. People think that Destiny's Child's lineup change was like, oh my god, huh? They're like Survivor, the show. No, the fact that they changed and it was like right in the middle of the album cycle is crazy. And then what happens later is crazy to me. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, shout out to the random whoa, 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 whoa to Keisha by the way. I meant, <laughs> meant to mention that sounding earlier, amazing but... and sounding even better now. Yeah. Things like yeah. that, and you're right. I think like listening to it now, even with the member, the the member re revamp. I don't even know what the heck to call it anymore. But with the original members, that is weird. Such a weird thing. But you having all the original first three members do it, it is nice to hear with the new band version and things like that. So I appreciate the song because of that newer version. But in terms of like pop electro tracks and Xenomania and Sugar Babes, no, I don't know. How I feel about it too much. It's okay. The video wasn't bad. I think it looks like a fashion music video. Like, it's very, like, yeah. the colors, the lens flares. I love the colors. I love that they use, like, three different colors on some of the scenes. Like, you have your 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 blue, you have your red, you have your whites. It looks nice. The girls look very, like, schmeckshy, like fashion models. And then you get the weird tights, the high stockings, socks, socks, and underpants and, and tank, tank tops. And I was like, that don't make no sense. But it's okay, whatever, it's whatever. They look like they at least enjoy each other's company. That matters, you know? Like, I like some of those, the, the walking, the strutting, and the turning uh-huh. together. So I think they have decent enough chemistry for me to be like, you know what? They don't want to beat each other up. That's good, you know? Or, like, they at least converse when they go back to the, the <laughs> flat. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the video's not, like, amazing. It's okay. But I do wonder if they kind of use all these crazy colors and kept homegirl in the back, Amel in the back, because she wasn't Mutia. <laughs> no, but they pushed her to the front for parts of it. For parts then of it. Then she was but... wearing the bob wig, which made it more confusing, probably, too. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean I don't mind that hair. <laughs> the hair was very, like, of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. So how do you think about the video? You were, like, there when it happened. It's like, so it was... okay. I don't yeah. know, man. This is just a weird era because, like, again, Mutia had an edge, right? And so, like, especially with the three album, which... That was probably my favorite era as a fan before now, obviously, because now it's an amazing time to be a Shuka Bass fan. But at the time, I loved that album, and that was them kind of at their edgiest, right? Like, it was a hole in the head. It was too lost in you. It was, like, yes. all just kind of dark and stuff, and I loved that. Um, it really set them apart as well from the other really kind of bright groups that were around. And Girls Aloud had the glamour thing kind of going already, so Sugar Babes transitioning to that more glamorous kind of Victoria's Secret-esque kind of image, I just found that a bit much. But I do think it makes sense with a new member joining to adapt and also kind of like move on to something else. So it's not like a very obvious replacement like what Destiny's Child kind of did, right? Like this one was a very clear like, this is a new era. This is the start of the new thing. Like, we have a new person, and they're bringing a different energy. And I, I do appreciate that. So, yeah, I do find it odd, though, because, like you said, the song is about, like, cooler than the red dress. Like, I don't need to be wearing this. I don't need to be, like, proving myself to you. But then in the video, they're wearing the red dresses. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, wait, I don't get it. It's supposed to just contradict the song. <laughs> Oh, hang on. Now it makes sense. They're wearing the red dress in one scene. Like, oh, my God, that girl's so hot. But in the other scenes, they're down to, like, their underpants and stuff like that to show, like, I'm still hot without it. That's what it is. Oh, see, that's not clear. See? (laughs) See see how I just realized that because you said what you said? That No, the video should not. 
Listen, y'all, y'all got to do better. I mean, we can't go back in time, but y'all got to do better directors from back then. <laughs> it's fine. Just watch the live version. Oh, my God. That's yes, now slapped. the superior one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So listen here, Saltfells. We said it. It's superior. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, as I was saying earlier, I'm going to give this song a seven. It's okay. It's all right. Oh, I, appreciate, I thought it'd be higher for you, actually. Okay. I will do a 7.5. I actually think some of the hooks are good in it, so... All right, moving on. We have Ugly, which was written and produced by Dallas Austin, who yeah. came up with the concept after reading all the negative press and comments about the members of the group. And the song was released as the album's second single in December 2005 and hit number three in the UK singles chart. The single would also be Mutia's final single before her departure. And the track received a lot of comparisons to TLC's Unpretty, especially because Dallas Austin also wrote and produced that one. Hmm. You know, I didn't like the song when we heard it first. I remember that. We did our 101. Yeah. And, okay, so here's why. I think people mistake their nostalgia and the meaning of a song for it being, like, making a good song. Like, there are bad love songs. There are mid-sad songs and mid-songs about self-esteem. And at the time, I thought this song was fall under that category. Like, I get the meaning. I understand what it means to some people, what it's supposed to represent. But it's like that song, Fight Song. I can't stand that song. But many people use it for like you know different <laughs> causes in their life. I this is my I don't want no hear. I don't like that song either. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. Like I said, there's 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 ways to deliver you know the message or even Ugly by Twenty One. I got it. It was like a rock version. Cool, whatever. This one took me a second to like appreciate, and I think it's because of the production, like the twinkly bells, the very like cheesy generic guitar riff, the synths. Like oh my gosh. What really kind of brought me back in was the verses because they were a little bit more personal. And I listened to Mutia's parts and I was like, wow. Can I imagine what she was going through, you know, growing up and then like having to kind of create this kind of tough exterior to bet, combat how you were treated maybe. Or maybe this was, she was always just a cool chick, but I can imagine what it's like being quote unquote Asian looking and Asian. Yeah. She's half or partial, yeah. 25% either way, but not looking like a normal Brit as they should quote unquote look. And I like appreciated that. And then, and Keisha's part was nice, and the I get it. Heidi's bridge was not it for me. I'm not going to sit there and pretend like, wow, it was amazing. Dynamically speaking, the melody was very plain. And I think the last line is the most dynamic part of her bridge. Like, it, the higher note, it crescendos really nicely. But, like, that's the only part for me that really did something. Um, but, yeah, again, the lyrics for that part is just very, like, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And for me, I'm just yeah. like, Okay, it's all right. I mean, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's not me like pooping on the song. I'm just explaining why I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Salt Fellas. But this is just me explaining like why I don't care for it. Now, live, just acoustically, I think it does what it needs to do. I feel like if you would use more natural, natural sounding in, uh, instruments as opposed to all the synths and the twinkles and all that bull crap, I wouldn't be so like a little cheesy. It feels like a commercial to me, uh, like a commercial for like a medicine or something right now. I love the meaning, but it's just eh, production-wise, it's not my favorite. Mm. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So I love to hear your side of it because you grew up with it. You you still know it, and uh, I yeah, wanna... I like the song again. Not my favorite Sugar Babe single. It's really funny because from talking to a lot of fans at the O2 show and stuff, this one's actually one of the more divisive ones. Some fans love it. Some fans don't love it. Okay. Some fans, it's like it like helped them in their lives, you know. And some fans, it's like I don't need this in the set list. So yeah, that was just kind of interesting that it is one of those songs. I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Like I don't love mm -hmm. it, but I do like it. Like I think I it is cheesy, 
but you know i think it is of its time as well you know songs were naturally just kind of cheesy back then so i didn't think that like when it came mm-hmm. out you know right i will say dallas did a good job of making it feel very personal like you were just saying like i would have totally thought that they wrote it if i didn't read that dallas did it, you know so so i thought he did a good job there and I do think that if I'm ugly, then so are you. Love like, that. <laughs> I do appreciate that, like, as a line. Yeah. yeah oh, you know, funny. like, it's it's positive, but it's also, like, kind of cheeky, you know? And to be fair, the Sugar Babies really were slated quite a lot in the press and stuff. So I think also in that context, them releasing this was also, you I know, yeah, good in for them. In your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely disagree with you on Heidi's bridge i think she sounds great on it i think i think it has a nice melody um because it sounds very internal i think the way that she sings it and i like all the little trills that she does leading into the final choruses Mm -hmm. as well and yeah i'm also okay with the production as well like it is kind of a very classic kind of more pop rocky kind of oh yeah Yeah. and i'm okay with that i like a lot of songs that have that so i yeah i didn't really think anything of that one funny note though i don't know if i told you this from the O2 show, going back to that from a few weeks ago, they asked for selfies from fans on their socials, and they actually used them to display during this song, which was an you interesting see what I mean? choice. You see what I mean? Come on. Because <laughs> like... no one... <laughs> then like, I was surrounded by the fans that did submit pictures, and it was just funny because it was just like this song. I don't know. I guess to recreate what happened in the music video where there's different Yeah, looks, right, right, you know, right. As we go to that music video. <laughs> yeah. The music video also just aids my, my my opinions about it is just being very like it just felt like a commercial it was like I think even I think I even said this in my review of Pop One One. I was like, it looks very much like if if this is these are the side effects of all the medicines. Like that's what it felt like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. Listen, if the song means something to you don't let me take the track from that. It can still mean something to you. It just does not do that for me. So don't come for me or do. I'm just going to ignore it. But just for me, the video just felt very like, I don't know. I feel like they could have just used more of the girls a little bit more. So just had them. I, don't, I didn't know if they were like judges and auditioning people or like they were having like an introspective moment before they had the auditions. Like, I don't know what people were auditioning for. Like, I thought it was more just video. a talent show, like a showcase. That's what I'm saying. So why were the girls sitting there like being like, Come show these visiting British pop stars what you can do. <laughs> Who are looking at themselves trying to figure out why they're existing in this realm. Like, that's what else it was giving. But, um, yeah, I just, I think <laughs> they looked great. So they before did. I before I they goes, did. But they looked amazing. I'm not saying they didn't look amazing. I'm just saying the video didn't make any sense. And they have all these random people who are very talented, very diverse community of people holding up signs. Okay, it's very cute, very sweet. Um, But, yeah, I think them interacting with the the talent or the people the extras was more interesting like i wish there was more of that as mm. opposed to the girls being like oh i think i'm ugly and then be like oh but you're not oh we're ugly together like it's just oh my god there's so many better ways to do things like the, again the message is meaningful i just think the deliveries are just not my favorites of them that's it i'm not totally okay with the video concept i think especially because it's like it's new york you know arguably the most eclectic part of the world um and yeah kind of just like celebrating uniqueness i think is fine i i think it's tough to look at it from like today's point of view because it's very cheesy given current culture but back then like 
you know, like this was still like awesome for them yeah. to actually even show people that look different on TV, you know? And so you kind of just have to take yourself back 20 years, I think. I appreciate it. that. It's just um, the, the video's treatment is just not cohesive for me. That's it. Just the girls. I'm fine with it. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean. Because it's like, <laughs> why are they like being so like internal and reflective? But then they're also like randomly judging these like <laughs> that's, that's what makes randos in New York. Yeah. I understand. I understand. That's, that's, that's the only part I feel like. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think it fits the song. I think it does what it needs to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a satisfactory. Yeah. <laughs> the score I'm going to give this is a six point five. I don't really care for this one at all. Okay, not, not uh, too much. I will give it an eight point five. I like it. Up next is "It Ain't Easy," done by Dallas Austin by himself. Uh, yep, <laughs> yeah. and it shows. Yeah. So this is another one along with Joy Division that I kind of just forget exists to be honest. And they're kind of similar in vibe as well. Like it still has that kind of metallic electro pop kind of thing going. Again, I just find the chorus very lacking. It ain't easy. Oh, it ain't easy. Oh, like it's, like, it's just like, it's just like, oh, that's it. Like it doesn't go anywhere. I do think the verses are good. Like there's a franticness to it. And there's an interesting syncopation to the way they're singing the verses. But yeah, and then the chorus just disappoints me. The whomping of the production is kind of interesting. <laughs> and it does develop nicely and build throughout the song, which I appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, I think I feel like with the whole it ain't easy, like repeat, like at least give us different members singing the, the ad libs and stuff in between or just something just to kind of like make it different. I think maybe Heidi's part is probably the best part because, you know, it's dramatic it's very kind of Xenomania where it's like kind of like round round, right? Where like it feels like they took a completely different song and and just took the bridge from it and suddenly there were strings and a guitar and and she sounds great. I don't I don't ever think of this song. I, I don't blame you. This one's a little tough because like I, I heard the production and I thought, oh, okay, we're gonna get something now, finally. Mm. I feel like Dallas was trying to make something sexy, but then like cause the the way the production is I have no problem with something not being obviously matchy to the production. I, I, I appreciate it when it's done properly. Now, before I had mentioned that I felt like Joy Division didn't fit the production, but I will say that it fit better than this one. Even though the girls are singing it in a syncopated way, it could have been done a little bit better. I just hate that they're singing it in their mixed voices. Like, why are we, why are we singing in our mixed voices? Like, the song is giving me stomp. In your high heels, your killer heels, whatever. It's giving me very strong woman. It's electro pop. It just has a very driving kind of beat to it. And then I'm getting this. For me, I just feel like vocal production wise, it just does not fit to me. I didn't say like the melody wasn't good. It's just the way it was delivered. It's not my favorite. I wish it was a little bit more chest voice, maybe something that sounds like I'm hot. I look like this. I'm this kind of woman. I look like this or my life is like this. And then the it ain't easy. At least give me some type of difference in the tone so that at least I can appreciate when the chorus, I mean, the chorus comes around because the chorus is weak as hell. But the verses are great. The mixed voices are okay. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. Mutia's part is kind of what I wanted in terms of like vocal delivery where it's a little bit stronger. But even she's kind of singing in this little like blendy kind of voice. 
And I'm just like, oh. And then we get to the bridge. Like, I get it. Like, he's trying to do the Dinamania thing, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like he heard that and was like, oh, y'all want this? Oh, let me do something really different. You could have gone for a bluesy kind of sound. You could have made something a little bit more rockier. That would have just been a little bit more. You could have done, or even a dance break that they were just going to sway their bodies to. But at least something that was just made sense. It didn't have to be super cohesive where it's like, yeah, oh my God, this fits perfectly. But at least not just like, here's some randomness right here just to throw you off. Like, uh, like I do like the production of the song. But the top line of it and certain parts, flat lines, pun intended, uh, <laughs> pun intended. But yeah, just for me, I'm like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. And, and and Heidi, great voice. She does handle the bridges very well. I just want to know why that part of the reduction did what it did and was so just like, eh, eh. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't hate the song. I just wish, I just wish for so much more because this was their opportunity, not theirs, but this was an opportunity to have a really stronger lyrical contact, content and vocal delivery. Just something that's a little bit more different than what we just heard previously. But yeah, yeah. that's my opinion on that. So what do you give it? I think it's sitting at a 6.5 as well. Just somewhere kind of just there. It's not terrible. It's just one more. Yeah, I will give it a 6.5 also. Oh, the Saltfells are going to hate me. <laughs> no, I don't think, I mean, again, fans, I'm curious of your opinions on uh, this because as yeah. a crazy Sugar Babes fan this is not my favorite album like at uh, all and as a new Sugar Babes fan I would like to say that the first three were probably my favorite but again I like a little bit darker darker for my girls I like them and then obviously Lost Tapes was amazing oh yeah yeah that too <laughs> come on now moving on to track eight we have Bruised which was done by Guy Sigsworth Kathy Dennis and members Mutia, Keisha, and Heidi. Kathy Dennis makes an appearance. And for me, she did a great job. I really like Bruised. It's super catchy. I think this one totally could have been a single. It's got a fun bounce to it. And everything is a hook, which is kind of what Kathy is known for, right? But even the Donna, Donna, like even just that is a hook already. Yeah. Before the song has even really started. So yeah, just good pop writing and i think the vocal delivery is is good as well like the song is about an unhealthy relationship and you can really hear the frustration in their voices especially in keisha's pre-choruses as well yeah and i love the way they did the harmonies in the chorus where it's like certain words again you can kind of hear all three of them and, and it's one of those songs where it passes the dolly parton test which <laughs> you know the dolly parton test could you sing the song as a piano ballad or yeah. guitar ballad yes you could and would it still be amazing? Yes, it would. Yeah. yeah. I think the song would hold up on its on its not its own, but yeah, it would hold up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny, the Dolly Parton test. <laughs> I learned that from Kylie. Thank you. That you know what, Dolly Parton, if you guys have not seen that documentary on Netflix, so insightful. She's amazing as a songwriter. <laughs> but yes. What a whimsical approach to a tumultuous relationship. <laughs> God. <laughs> You know, it really creates a cat and mouse atmosphere, but like more like Tom and Jerry. Because <laughs> like the war mentioning getting bruised and like you're my favorite enemy lines. I was mm. like, it's giving Tom around the corner, Jerry with a uh, with a pan and smashing it in the head. Like it's just, it's yeah. just. So yeah, I think the the whimsical like sound of the production and the da da it just feels very like chaste for me. But yeah, Pop has like this, this, this habit of making emotional or physical abuse sound like like a dance track. I don't know what that is. Cause I wasn't listening that closely when I was driving. 
But then I, I, I was sitting down and I was like, wait, I want to, whoa, whoa, wait, what is going on with the lyrics? What's going on? Um, but yeah, like there's no resolution or solution to this in terms of like this lyrical, lyrical storytelling. There's no resolution. It's more just acknowledging like there's, a, there's an issue. I think it's so funny. I was just like, well, we suck. We, our relationship is terrible. But, you know, we get too close to each other. And I just feel so, ooh, and the song is like danceable. It's a weird combination. Doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just a little a little thing I noticed. And I think the dunna dunna part, when I heard it, I started thinking of, um, Hella, 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 Cara. Uh, loop, um, not that it's a copy, but that kind of like hooky thing that was really, mm-hmm. that's really prominent in K pop now. You hear it in this Brit pop from like 2000 something, and it's just like, oh, man. It's mm-hmm. so fun to be able to kind of make those correlations and be like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of that song and da da da. But yeah, at this point in the album or even just like in their career or whatever, I just wonder why there's no feature. Like this kind of, I mean, the girls rarely had features. I get that. But I just feel like the song would have been a little bit more interesting with like a male voice or a male perspective at least. Because like like a rap or vocally, I think it'd just be interesting. It doesn't have to happen. But I do wonder what would have happened with this, just something that was more like, not like look what you made me do kind of vibe but more like i'm also very confused by our dynamic like this is a war neither one of us will win kind of thing you know mm, doesn't have to happen right but something a little different not just like <laughs> oh my god this relationship is crazy oh you burn me oh i'm bruised it been nice for the guy like i'm confused too sis i don't <laughs> you're confused i'm confused if you know that tiktok sound drop it in the comments but yeah i like this song <laughs> the, the lyrics definitely caught me off guard but i actually do like this one on the on the album so not me laughing Mm-hmm. But yes, my score is higher for sure. <laughs> okay, I will give it a nine. How about you? I'll give it an eight. <laughs> I'll give it an eight. Up next on the track list is Obsession, done by Dallas Austin, Michael Debar, and Holly Knight. It was a cover of Obsession by An Emotion, an American new wave synth pop group. Oh boy, can I say I've never heard this song? <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I never heard the original before. Yeah. News to me. Yeah. You know, this one, I feel like it's it's interesting because we're getting this darker concept that I was asking for for, like, the whole album. <laughs> uh-huh. But, like, production-wise, it's just, oh, my God, this is not what I was looking for. And I was a little shocked because I, like I, I like me a good 80s, you know, bop, okay? Now, if you guys have not watched our Tension Highly album review, definitely check that out because I mentioned how much I love 80s. But yeah, this, I was like, okay, got some 80s things going on. Again, I was listening to it in my car, so I didn't look at the, the title. I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm like, ooh, there's a stabby synth for a stabby song. All right. And I'm listening some more, and I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, the whole tainted love slash maniac thing was super prevalent in the 80s, and it probably should have stayed there. Because this song sounds a little, I don't want to use a C word, but it sounds a little crazy. <laughs> a little lot of crazy. But the <laughs> girls have an ability. <laughs> The girls have a, a, an ability to make things sound a little bit more sultry, and I appreciate it because the original, boy, I think it was Bananas and Pajamas. <laughs> you know what Bananas and Pajamas is? It sounds crazy. But yeah, it was just Bananas and Pajamas. So for me, I feel like it's a little bit better. I do, however, wish they would have like gotten a little bit darker for the 80s synth or maybe like a dark electro pop version. Like That would be a real remix. I mean, a real remake for me. It would feel a little bit more like what Xenomania did with A Freak Like Me, just take those risks i feel like what my problems with this album there's not enough risks it's a lot of just safe thank mm-hmm. you and mutia was still there you guys have the reputation take a little bit more risks go delve a little bit more into what you did before but evolve it you know i guess there was nothing else m- more to do but yeah no the song is okay i like what the girls did with it it's it's satisfactory 
Mm. But yeah, I want more experimentation at this point. Yeah, I'm confused by this choice. Like, was it chosen by Dallas? Like, oh, I think you girls do this cover from this Ooh. like random American 80s band. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such a weird choice. To be fair, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that they executed what they had well. Yes. I think they all sound good. I kind of like the kind of cold and emotionless delivery kind of paired with kind of the kind of the more kind of intense 80s kind of production. Also, how dare you slate bananas in pajamas? They are great. I love them. They I are not them. crazy. <laughs> they look crazy. Come on, giant bananas in pajamas. <laughs> Okay, I think in the general context of the album, the 80s synth pop thing works. So if they just kind of needed, I don't know, did they like need a song to pat it out? Like, I just don't understand. Like, this is just a bit odd. Anyway, Not pat it out. But yeah, the lyrics are just very creepy. And to be fair, the cold and emotionless delivery, they sound great, but that makes the lyrics even creepier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I thought like, I thought Soft Cell, like, Tainted Love, because it was very like, oh, um, yes. That's like that. That's why I appreciate it. But it just mm. threw me off. I was like, boy, y'all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, where the song starts is the exact same way it ends. So there's no, like, build. Like, it doesn't really go anywhere. Not much effort. Yeah. It's just kind of like at a straight line like the whole time yeah very linear that's yes yes yeah. yes yes it's fine mm -hmm. do i listen to this a lot no it's fine <laughs> i agree yeah i i think i think this is why i we're gonna just i'm gonna keep my score pretty like at the at the seven level because again it's not terrible it's just yeah they sound great but i just feel like the production is not as creative yeah as these girls are yeah if, Catch my drift. But yeah, seven for me. How about you? I will also agree with that seven. Yes. I did find a little fan cam of them performing it on tour with the Mel, and it did sound great live. Like, it had a great energy to it. So uh, maybe it was fun live. Yeah. It might be one of those tracks that just kind of like, it's 2D and you listen to it, but then when you see it, it's like, wow. Like, Red Dress suddenly being like, wow, to me. <laughs> but yes, moving on. <laughs> yes. Up next is... Ace Reject, which was done by Xenomania, this time Tim Powell, Brian Higgins, and Miranda Cooper, and of course, members Mutya, Keisha, and Heidi. And Ace Reject is often referred to by fans as one of the group's best songs, and the track has kind of become a bit of an inside joke, with the fans constantly requesting live performances of the track, much to <laughs> Keisha's dismay as she has expressed that she does not like it that much. Uh, most recently, when the Sugar Babes Twitter account tweeted like what songs would you like for the O2 show one person tweeted a funny like gif of of if Keisha saw all the requests for Ace Reject and she did reply that was cute with just the melty smiley yes. face when I was talking to fans before the O2 show I was joking with them because we were talking about like what do we think is going to be on this set list and I was like I wonder if they're at least just going to throw in like a chorus of Ace Reject or something just to appease the fans they did not so, yeah. sorry, Keisha, you're going to keep getting these requests because apparently everyone's obsessed with it. It's okay for me. I like that Mutia is singing a little bit more brighter and in a brighter tone for the verse, which brings me back to what I was saying about like push the button and her and T-Bob's voice being similar. But Mutia can actually kind of like, not actually, but Mutia has more of an opportunity based on the genre that she's in to present a more brighter tone. T-Bob's mm -hmm. can sing all the highs and the lows and whatnot, but a lot of the songs are more laid back and chill. Like she's 
the cool one. So she always sang very coolly. But this, I heard Mucci's voice, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, hello. Hello. It's very pop of you. And I also kind of just got, like, Nadine's voice in there. I was like, wow. I do wonder if this was, like, you know, something that would have been for Girls Aloud mm. at one point. Because it kind of sounds like that. But it's not super Girls Aloud-y, which I appreciate. But I can only imagine what it's like as, like, a production team to be writing for both. It's tough. Like, granted, they obviously gave, like, huge, quirky pop hits to GA, but also you're writing for this group who you actually kind of work with a little bit first. So it's like, how do you find that balance? And again, it brings me back to the question of why not, why are you not taking the risks you took when you did, you know, their earlier songs? Where, where's the risks? You know, but it's okay. Like, for me, like, I, I think production-wise, it's good. Brazen right. Amania, I appreciate it. I think the top line is good. Like, it's nice. I don't feel as, like, much disdain for it as I did for, like, some other, like, Dallas Austin-produced tracks. Well, friends to that man. He's great. He's very talented. But this wasn't his bag. This was not his bag. But, yeah, I feel like the song, it does what it needs to do for their voices. It's okay. I can appreciate it. And I feel like it fits a lot, the girls, a lot more. And it fits them better than, like, the army that they were trying to make happen in the earlier part of the album, like, with the second second track. It was just, yeah. This one, this one just fits for them. Again, I still wish there was a little bit of just a little bit of darkness somewhere. I'm not saying they have to be super dark and moody, but there's a way to be a little bit more, you know. I don't you didn't know. think obsession had darkness to it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you all can't see my face. I, I like looked at Chris with my eyes like super wide. No, it did. It did. Like I said, it just sounds okay though. It's just okay. It's okay. But yeah, her verse is kind of long. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, it's okay. How do you feel about it? I do like the song, but I agree with you. I don't really get why the Sugar fans love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. Like, some of people will list it, like, in their top Sugar Babe songs ever. Like, it, people always talk about it amongst the fandom. Um, I mean, here's the thing. In, in the larger context, like, do I think it could have been a single with a radio edit? Because it is a little long. Definitely. Definitely. I think it definitely could have been a single. Is it better than Red Dress? Yes. I do like all the different verses. Very signature Xenomania there. And it all the parts fit each girl really well. Yes. And I and again, signature Xenomania production. It's very lush. It's a great balance of more organic sounds like with guitars mm-hmm. and stuff and the electronic sounds. Mm-hmm. And it has that kind of like melancholic feel to it while being very bright. So again, just things I love in a pop song as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good track. It's a solid track. But yeah, I feel like because the fans love it so much, it almost has made me like, not like it less, but it's almost like, okay, it's not that good. Like question it a little bit. Yeah, like, question it I? a little bit. Yeah, yeah I don't why? know. Yeah. But among the album, is it one of the better ones for me? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Oh, man. You know what? Listen, Salt Fellas, I call you guys that. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. It's, it's going to stay. It's not an official title, by the way. Leave in the comments in a nice, constructive way why you like this song. Yeah. You know? I would love to hear opinions. I like listening to Chris tell me why he likes something when I don't. Because I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Kind of opens your eyes a little bit more. You listen to it again. You're like, okay, perspective was added. So, yeah, definitely drop some perspectives in the chat. Let us mm. know how you feel. And also, be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. We've made it. We're almost at the end. So, be sure to subscribe. Um, But, yes. What is your score for this one? I will give it a nine. How about you? Mine's an eight. 
Okay. Not bad, but I like it a lot more than Lullisome. <laughs> <laughs> Next track is Two Hearts, done by Johnny Rockstar, Cameron McVeigh, and the members of the Sugar Babes. And this song was performed for the first time in 2022 with original OT3 member Shabba. <laughs> you yeah. saw this live, no? I did. Oh my yes, God. It was such an amazing moment in that show. I love this song. So this one was always one of my favorites. Again, going back to my love for like the two lost and used, etc. This one's up there. The melody is so pretty. Like they do this melancholic kind of haunting ballad really well. And it has that kind of metallicness as well that I think Cameron McVeigh is also kind of known for because that was a lot through One Touch as well. Like, he did a lot of the One Touch albums, so I think to bring him back as well. Like, I, I just love the song as he does with with the girls. And yeah, I think the production is just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, it has swelling strings, some cool electric guitars and stuff. Just very yeah. haunting. And the lyrics are very beautiful as well. Like, this is the type of song you know it's like a storm outside and you're like in your feelings and you're just like staring out the window like this is one yeah. of those yeah it reminds me of the come clean music video when you talk about the ranch <laughs> think of like uh hillary duff's coming clean or come clean rather <laughs> let the rain fall down uh we should review that i'll i would love to review metamorphosis just for this for you know laughs and gigs you know we know poops she and had gigs. an interesting pop career as well actually i would love to talk through it. but anyway yeah vocally they all sound so good. Like Heidi starting the track sounding super delicate. Then Mutia yeah. comes in very, very rich. And she even goes into her head voice a little bit this time. And then Keisha's bridge just pulls back really, really nicely. And then you get the long strings at the end. Like just a really beautiful way to end the album. Quote, unquote, end the album. Because there is technically another song after Amel's re-release that is on the standard album, which is why we included it. But I think of this as the real ending of the album. The new arrangement with Siobhan. Oh my gosh. The extra harmonies. The guitar solo. And then Siobhan does this like ethereal ending before the strings kick in. And it's almost a throwback to some of her solo stuff. Oh, it's so good. That was one of the highlights of that show for sure. You know, it's nice to have her like back in and adding her like. She has a very interesting kind of style for her own personal taste in music. So I guess that ending, that new ending adds just that, you know, little touch of ginger if you will but yeah i liked this one this one stood out to me i think after all the synths and electro pop it was nice to get a more acoustic sounding track and i wish ugly would have had more of the natural instrument sound not that it had to be moody because if the words ugly we have to use ugly sounds not that i'm saying in terms of like the production grounds the meaning a little bit more for me so with this song the meaning of it just felt a little bit more down to earth sounded more believable in my opinion i do like that there's a synth that rises and falls in the tones like throughout and i thought it was voices and it might be voices it sounded like bgvs i don't know but i like how melancholic it sounded it sounded like a very haunting kind of tone and i do like the song speaks of trouble in a relationship but it, it actually seeks <laughs> resolution <laughs> you know i like i like songs don't always have to have a good resolution but it's just so funny that the song actually just does what i was expecting um but yeah there's a lot going on in terms of like the drum pattern and the chorus. There's horns at the end. So everything just fills out really nicely. And it is a lot stronger than Follow Me Home. This is what Follow Me Home could have been even. Forget what I said about Ugly, but this could have been what Follow Me Home could have done. Stronger chorus, you know, more mm, going <laughs> on and, and care taken. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like this one. It's nice. I like it a lot. 
not because it's dark, but because of the the whole completion of it lyrically, production wise. Like it felt like there was purpose, a lot more purpose around this for sure. Nice. But yeah. So, so what do you rate it? Give it a nine. Okay, I will yeah. go a nine point five. All right, so All we're right. at the final track, which is Now You're Gone, which was done by Pete Kirtley, Tim Hawes, and Yara Scarlett, and members Keisha, Heidi, and Amel this time, because Oops. the track was the only new song added to the album for the re-release in 2006. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what do you think? This is the first new, new track with Amel. The drum sounds like scribbling. <laughs> I had the, the music in my ears. I was like... Ugh. Um, and the synths in the beginning are kind of like mm, it's kind of what I was talking about with um the second track on this album. It's that 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 weird like eight me yeah, eight is it eight me yeah it was the eh, 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 eh. gotta be you gotta be there you go yes but yeah it kind of has like those like really like dated <laughs> trying to be hip hop and R and B since I don't uh-huh. but not too much the song is okay honestly when I was listening to the album for whatever reason I did not listen to this as much as I as I wanted to because I was just like it's okay the previous track was a good ending it's a good ending it's yeah a good ending I do like the way they sound the chorus though like the, who are you gonna run to I like that part it's nice um there are moments on the track that I appreciate but it's not strong enough as a whole and that's what annoys me because it's like you'll have bits and pieces that sound nice oh she sounds right there the harmony sound good here but like as a whole it's like I don't want to have to keep cherry picking and with this song I feel like I was kind of cherry picking what parts I like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sorry, y'all. Um, sorry, I saw fellas. But yeah, I think Heidi's voice on this, I think was probably like my favorite of how it sounded. Cause she was very, she emotes really well with her voice. Yeah. yeah. I love so I Heidi's think, tone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's like a highlight for me for this song, but it's not bad. Yeah. yeah I'll okay. agree with you. Heidi's parts, I also have that written down, are probably the <laughs> best parts for me <laughs> in <laughs> this one. Okay. Yeah. Fans actually helped me out here because I was. I have this in my memory, but I couldn't actually find any articles or anything about it. So let me know if I'm completely making this up. But I remember reading that Mutia was actually at the recording session for this and maybe even did some of the backing vocals in it. I don't know why I have that like as a memory, but I couldn't find anything about it. So let me know if that is correct or not. Fun fan Um, lore. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, you know, this was fine. I mean, I get that they needed maybe another new song just to, you know, just so it'd be a little more appealing to buy the album again, especially because Amel only re-recorded a couple of the songs, which even back then I thought was a very weird choice. I was like, if you're going to make this a new era, just have Amel re-record the whole thing. That feels more like a fresh start that way. But anyway, whatever. Um, It was nice to have a song that was completely new where you couldn't do the A-B comparison with Mutia, at least. Totally. The song's fine. Like, it's Mm -hmm. weird because, like, the lyrics could actually be seen as being written about Mutia's departure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I mean, yeah. Now you're they gone. Don't know like... <laughs> how to process that she's gone. Yeah. And vibe wise, it literally has the same vibe as "Follow Me Home," dude. So, like, I don't under get. I don't really get why they could have just released this song. Like, if they really needed a mid tempo track for that fourth single, like, just release this one. It's new. You know, you don't have the awkwardness of Mutya's first about her daughter. I don't know. It's literally yeah. the same vibe. And it sucks because because it comes right after Two Hearts, which had amazing production, then this one just feels not good because it, it kind of does a lot of the same stuff. Like it has strings, it has kind of those like metallic drums again, but then they're not as nice as the Two Hearts ones. 
overall just a tad unmemorable. Like this is just another song. Like I would never turn him back to this song like ever. And like Amel sounds fine on her part. Yeah. She doesn't sing much on it. I will say Keisha's little solo chorus is nice. She yes. has like an interesting husk in this song that yeah, that when she, she doesn't normally she does have. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. But yeah, I don't need this song. It's just kind of there. Yeah. My phone didn't play this for a while. I had to look for it. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because of the album version I found, but I was just like... Yeah, you know, it's confusing because like the Mutia version Ugh. and the ML version have somehow been like combined on the streaming services. Like, I don't really know what's going on there, but yeah. Messy. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll give this one a 6.5. It's fine. Oh, I give it one a six. Okay. I'm proud of myself. I've never gone super, super low. I'm proud of myself. There's guys. nothing terrible on this album. Yeah. It's just a right. lot of like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we're now at the cut or keep section. So let's start with the cut first. <laughs> what would you cut from this album? I, uh, um, <laughs> I feel like this song is lost potential. If I like the production, it's just, it wasn't strong. It's the weakest in terms of chorus. Like, if you're going to make an album and you don't spend all this money, why would you make a song like this? And that song is, it ain't easy. I would not tell anybody to listen to this, but oh, this is the Sugar Babes ever. Yeah. Ever. Now. Nah. I will also <laughs> pick it ain't easy. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's just, I don't get it. <laughs> like, look, I wouldn't be I like, yo, this, this is the, you, you gotta listen to this song. It's the Sugar Babes. Like, nah get out of here production had so much potential though yeah all right for my keep <laughs> you know i'm gonna stick with two hearts oh okay yeah, okay so good yeah i hear you man you know okay i would actually just keep pushed the button i used to not like this song so this is a big step for me i was trying to avoid a single but i actually would keep this song. i know it's like the probably the easiest one to pick but if i had to kind of show somebody like hey like you know this is a good group you should listen to them i would keep this one it's a decent song I just don't think it represents their song, their sound as a whole, past, and even now. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's it's okay. I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so as a newer fan, yeah. now you've gone back to this Duh. era. What do you think yeah. of it? It's okay, and it just stinks because it's like for me, I feel like when pop acts try to get like mature. They always kind of do this default lipstick and high heel thing. And I'm like, there's so many other ways to express sensuality and sexuality. I can't say the S word. Sorry, guys. But yeah, there's so many different ways. But I mean, at the time, thinking about what was going on and like pop culture at the time, this was the natural progression and this is the best quote unquote way to go. I just feel like there wasn't a lot of risk taken. There wasn't anything that stood out like, whoa, this is a Sugar Babes track. This is pretty dope. Like, with girls allowed not to make comparisons in terms of like who they are as, as a group but even though they had kooky songs like bio like like was it biology and like love love machine was weird and then biology was weirder and then they had other songs written by the same team that just got stronger and i feel like this wasn't like it was more just like kind of like okay here we are we're still here kind of plateau as opposed to going up for me but it doesn't mean that they're bad it just means like this for me was probably like it makes sense like this was kind of like the beginning of the end sorry guys but I'm just saying, when you lose a member who people hear and think, oh, this is a Sugar Babe song, it kind of can, can represent decline. The other two, Heidi and Keisha, absolutely amazing. But again, you know, it's just, it was just a weird time. It's weird. That's how I feel about it. It's just weird. Not bad. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, okay. So 
of the 2.0 era Sugar Babes albums, this is my least favorite one. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the songs just kind of blend together. Like Joy Division, It Ain't Easy, Obsession. Like they're all just kind of in the same mm-hmm. vein. And none of them are even close to being in the top of my favorite Sugar Babe songs, you know? I think as a whole, it's fine. I think, like I said earlier, there's not a bad song on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's yeah, just that's okay. okay. And then I think especially as, I guess in the grand scheme of the group's journey, I would actually put it below some of the ML albums as well, honestly. So I did average my scores out. Mm. Um, okay. So I'm at like a 7.6, so I'll round it out. I'll round it up to an 8. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't do that lovely math that you did, but I think overall in terms of like what I know about them as a group or what I like personally and what I like personally, excuse me, this is not a seven for me. It's okay. Like it's not terrible. I didn't hate everything, but I didn't like feel like, whoa, I love this. I need to hear this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's okay. And it's not because of Amel. It's just because of what was done with the album and them bringing on American producers, one. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it's okay. And again, back here in America, 2005 music, we had Holla Back Girl, year before we had, yeah, I'm just naming a bunch of songs that were really hot, that were good American pop songs that they not could have had, but this is no excuse for some of the weaker tracks on the album for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nice. <laughs> well, next up, I'm curious what you all would like us to review next in this Sugar mm-hmm. Babes discography. I personally mm-hmm. think we should do an ML album, because we oh, haven't yeah, done one yet. Because I'm too sexy for this club we could do sweet seven if you guys would like yes was cat <laughs> i was thinking more cat lights. fights yeah i was thinking more cat fights and spotlights i said strobe lights my bad sorry not close enough it's fine but yeah let <laughs> us know and if you join us on patreon you do get priority choice uh-huh. so please join us at patreon.com pops and of course yeah. you can message us at cctv pops on social media as well don't forget to like subscribe and turn on notifications for our youtube channel and if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform please give us a follow rating and review until next time that's Shan. that's kiss signing off from cctv the non-stop pop show bye